Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that my short story is available for free at johntilton.com. If you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send you both the ebook and audiobook of Doomed Dune. In this middle grade adventure, a girl named Melina travels to a forbidden landmark guarded by tyrannical robots, but her life turns upside down when she discovers the true reason it's off limits. Discover Doom Doom Secret by heading over to johntilton.com. That's J-O-N-T-I-L-T-O-N.com. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Cause of Craft. I'm your host, John Tilton. Why do we create? Where do our ideas come from? What does our craft say about us? These are the ideas we explore here on the show. Each episode, I interview a different guest, from writers and painters to musicians and filmmakers. Together, we investigate the creative process and the reasons behind why we create. Life is full of the unexpected. Sometimes it hands us lemons, and we're not always confident we can make lemonade out of it. But in taking things one step at a time, you might be surprised at the progress that you can make. Artist Carly Van Eck joins the show to talk about how some of her life events influenced her artwork and why she transitioned from a full-time social worker to a full-time artist. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. Getting the word out to others is one of the best ways to help the show grow. Thank you so much to everyone who has done this, as well as left a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm so grateful for your support, and I hope you continue to enjoy the show. Here's this week's episode. Welcome to the show, Carly. It's great to talk with you. Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me. So now you are a visual artist. Before we get into things, can you let people know where they can see your work just so people are familiar with what we're talking about as we talk about it? Yeah, so you can see a lot of my art on my social media. Um, I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, and I post a lot on there. Um, you can also see my process on there. And then I have a website that's carlyvanekart.com, and that has my stuff for sale on there as well as my portfolio. Great. And as people listen along, they can uh, swipe over to the show notes and be able to see direct links to those as well. So yeah, now one thing I noticed on your website is you, I guess you describe the material you use as acrylic paint. How is that different than other paint like oil paint or is it a kind of oil paint? Fill me in on the details there. Um, Acrylic paint is, it dries faster than oil paint. It's almost like when it dries, it's almost like a a thin plastic, you would consider it. Dries pretty fast and it's pretty opaque. You know, there are some colors that are a little more transparent, but you can usually build it up. The nice thing about acrylic is if you make a mistake, you can always add a few layers on top and cover it right back up. Now, is this one of the things that drew you to that material or was something else drawing you to using acrylic? Um, Yeah, I like that concept, but also I just experimented with a lot of different types of paint. I was doing some drawing and just over time, that's just kind of what I used a lot of. Um, Just given the style that I was doing, it seemed to work with what I liked and acrylic is really what I stuck with. When you were growing up as a kid, were you always drawn to paint as well? Were you creative as a child? I was definitely creative as a child. I have always done a variety of different stuff. You know, as a kid, I did a lot of drawing. And even as I was growing up, it started, you know, as doodling. I did a lot of like creating coloring pages. And when the adult coloring page craze started, I really started doing a ton of those, the really intricate uh, Zen doodle style. I got really into that. And then I did a variety of other stuff. I did 
different home decor. I made scarves. I did hand lettering. I made cards. I did holiday decorations and little Christmas trees made out of cones and felt. And I did watercolor painting. And I just did a really big variety of stuff. So it hasn't always just been acrylic on canvas. I've done a ton of different stuff. Have you always been drawn to this sort of abstract style as well? I see that in most of your work. I haven't. I have done such a big variety. It hasn't always been abstract. Um, Like I said, I had done such a variety of stuff for a long time. And when I first started selling my stuff, I was doing that big variety of crafting. And over time, I was starting to develop my own style and Most of my work, I had been doing custom orders. So people would say, can you make me a sign that says this? Or can you make me a Christmas decoration that looks like that? And that was really fun because it gave me a variety of different creative things to make, which I loved. But it also kind of limited me to doing what other people wanted me to do. So in 2020, I really kind of revamped my art business and started doing just what I wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was this acrylic abstract style. It's really colorful. There's a lot of brush strokes and detail to it. And I really developed that over time and really started to focus on that. So as much as I appreciated doing all the different styles for people over the years, it's been really cool to finally focus on like what I want to do and have people support me in that way. When you're developing a style, how do you go about kind of leaning one way or another when you see different ways to go? Are, Are you following some sort of instinct? It really depends on what I'm working on. If I'm doing something just for fun, it's pretty freehand, you know, whatever I come up with. Sometimes it might start with like, I see a picture on Instagram with some really cool colors that'll inspire me with where to start. But since I do a lot of commissions, sometimes people will be like, I want a painting and it's going to be going in my dining room and these are the colors in there. Can you make something using these colors? So from there, I kind of know what I'm starting with and I might have a better idea of what it's going to look like in the end because of that, but it really depends on the style that I'm doing. Um, I have one style that I do that are these tiny little brush strokes that are layers and layers and layers. And when I do that style, I can really visualize what it's going to look like before I do it. And then there's another style that I do that has a lot more of these different flowing shapes and lines. And that one is a little more ambiguous. And when I do that, it kind of just comes and goes. And I don't know what it's going to look like when it's done. And half the time, I don't know when it's done. I can add and add and I'll look at it and I'm like, man, I just don't know if it's done yet. Sometimes I just have to walk away and come back later and I'll add something and I'll be like, okay, I think it's done. But it really depends on what I'm working on. How Typically, how long will you stay away from a painting when you're going through that period? You know, it depends on how frustrated I am (laughs) (laughs) Um, and what I'm working on. So if I'm working on something for someone, you know, I might... It might just be a little bit. I might leave it for an hour and come back. Or a lot of the times I found that it's helpful for me to take a picture of it and look at it on my phone and I'll be like, 
here's what it's missing. It's missing this color or it's missing this shape or I need to fill in this area and that'll be helpful. There have been other times where I've done a painting for myself that's like just for fun and I'm just like, I don't like this. And I just like turned it around, faced it backwards against a wall and walked away from it in frustration. And I came back to it a few weeks later and I was like, I actually really like this. This is kind of cool. And so it's just funny that like, you know, I don't know when things are done sometimes and my perception of things can change. And in the moment, like things look different. And with abstract, it's so hard to tell what's done and what I'm looking for. And it can be so ambiguous. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I see that in myself for my writing. And then I've noticed a theme for people, whether they be painters or writers or musicians, taking some sort of step back from their work just is so helpful because I guess there's no way to completely separate yourself because we're so close to our own art, but trying to simulate some sort of disconnect so we can see it with fresh eyes, whether that be to appreciate it more than we were or to be more critical of things that maybe we appreciated about it. Um, That's cool that you mentioned with the phone, taking a picture of it. Do you feel like just having a different representation of it or is that like just an extra layer of distance? Why do you think that that works well for you? Yeah, I'm not sure why. It's funny because yes, I can take a step back and look at it, but there's something about taking a picture on my phone and I can look at that picture And maybe it's because I can like zoom in, zoom out, and I can just see it in a little screen in front of me um, and picture like where I need to add something or where I need to fill in something. But it just helps me to see it in a little tiny space in front of me and figure out where I want to go from there. And sometimes like if I'm working on a painting and I'm adding a little bit at a time, I'll take a picture, I'll add something, I'll take a picture, and I can kind of swipe between those pictures and see the progression. And that'll kind of help me see like, okay, I added something here, I added something here. Like it shows my progress and where I'm going and where I want to keep going. All of this is really cool because it's funny to me every time I do a different interview, I find these weird connections that I don't expect. So For this in particular, with writing, what you're describing reminds me of a few things. So on the writing tool I use, you can take like snapshots. And so every time that I do a new draft, I take a snapshot in case I need to go back to it. And it's kind of cool comparing how that changes over time or like going back and grabbing something that I thought wasn't important and pulling it back in. Um, That reminds me of these snapshots that you're taking like literal photos of your work. And then also just that idea of having it, taking the picture on your phone and looking at it like that, that reminds me of how if I look at something on a computer screen when I'm typing it, that's different than if I write something down on paper or if I print it out or if I look it up at it on a Kindle and all these different ways of seeing something in a different perspective. Or so one thing I do too is like I'll have the computer, like the Siri voice, read the book to me. And it's just having, you know, even though it's not a person, having someone else read it helps me identify issues with it. So it's really cool to hear kind of your version of that with painting. 
Yeah, it's almost like it gives you another perspective and it's kind of neat to see what your progress is. And really, another thing I've been doing, you know, social media has changed and people like to see reels now and they like to see your process. And to be honest, they're a huge pain in the butt to make, but I've been trying to make process videos of my paintings and they're really cool to watch. Like, um, you know, I'll take time lapses of painting a background and then I'll have little shots of adding brush strokes here and there. And it's really neat to see how a painting comes together. It's kind of misleading because I can put hours and hours and hours into this painting and it condenses it into a 30 second video. And people are <laughs> like, okay, you know, wow, that didn't take very long. And I'm like, you, you didn't see all the work I put into it. But, you know, it shows the process, which I think is really cool. And it's a neat thing to share with people. Going back to this sort of abstract style a lot of your art has, how does that process work for you? Like, is that some sort of raw transmission of emotions that are somewhere inside of you? Or are you thinking about something more concrete and interpreting that in an abstract way? How do you go about forming what's on the canvas? You know, it really depends on the project that I'm working on. Um, some of it is really, my biggest thing is I like color. I love bright, happy colors. And I find that I like to express myself using that color. And so you'll find that most of my art is using those vibrant hues and that's me expressing that. There are other pieces of art that I am inspired by something else or I'm expressing a different meaning. Um, for example, my most recent painting I did is called Emerging from the Darkness. And I did that um, a couple days after coming out of 26 straight days of migraines. And it's called Emerging from the Darkness because quite literally, there were times I was hiding under a towel in the darkness because my headaches were so bad. And so this painting kind of shows the dark background. And then it has the bright colors that like really symbolize me like I am a bright, vibrant, color loving person. And it has the shapes and um, the brushstrokes that really kind of symbolize the hope that um, I have coming out of that. So some of my art really has more meaning and stories behind it, and others are really just an expression of joy. Now, do you use that process to... I, I'm trying to figure out how to not use process twice, but but I'll just do it. <laughs> uh, do you use that process to help yourself process that period of your life, whether it be that specific one or something else, where you're you're kind of revisiting it in an artful way? Does that help you help you go through something that is very difficult like that? Yeah, art has really gotten me through a lot. It is not something that I thought I was going to be doing as a full-time job. I went to school for social work. I have my master's degree in social work. I intended on working in the mental health field. And I was for a while. I worked in a crisis residential home for a while. I worked at a psychiatric hospital and got some really cool experience. But I started having some chronic health issues. And my health was just 
not in a good place. I was constantly in and out of doctor's appointments, having testing done. I was in the ER and I just was not stable enough to hold a normal job. And I really was turning to my art during that time and slowly over time started selling it and transitioned out of working a normal job and into selling my art. And art has kind of become, you know, my career, but it's also become, you know, my hope and that's what's gotten me through a lot of this. So there's there's a lot of meaning behind that too. You mentioned that you were transitioning from the kind of more traditional career path to the creative career path and selling art. Like what was that experience like? Did you find yourself resistant to wanting to pursue a creative profession or were you looking for a way to do it? Like what was that part of the process like for you? Um, you know, I really didn't think I was good enough to pursue any type of art career full-time, nor did I really know how to do that. But it really kind of became my only option since I wasn't able to work a full-time job. The flexibility of doing art from home really allowed me to do that on my own time. And if people were willing to pay for my stuff. Like I was able to make a little bit of money off of it and slowly that started growing. And like, that's been really encouraging. Um, Having a community to support me has been such a huge blessing and encouragement to me. So growing my business in part has been huge because of such amazing support from the people that I know. And, you know, this hasn't, this was not the career path I saw myself going on, but having an art business is such a blessing. Did you find it intimidating to communicate to family and friends that you were going to pursue your art more professionally or did it, they would have understood that you were going through all these difficulties with the migraines and things like that? Yeah, I think close family and friends really understood what I was going through. So it really made sense to see me make that transition. And the community has been really supportive. And it wasn't like I quit my job and, you know, made a whole bunch of money the next day. It was a slow progress um, over time. In 2014 is when I really like established it as an official business. But in 2020, I really revamped my business. I took a webinar on running an art business, and that's when I decided to transition from doing all sorts of different crafts to just doing my abstract painting. And that has really taken off and has been like inspiring to me. I've sold more. I am benefiting financially more from that, but it's also like really fulfilling to me. And that's everything that I've wanted. And it's just really cool that taking that leap of faith has really paid off. And yes, I'm not like a super famous artist and I don't expect to ever be, but it's such a blessing to be doing what I'm doing and to see the progress and to see that I have people supporting me along the way. I find when I'm looking at like different writing resources, there are 2001 different 
things that you could be doing to make your writing better or selling books better or you you know you name it and you can't do 2001 things so i guess what sort of advice from that seminar or different areas of your your life did you find drawn to try out and which ones did you find effective the biggest things that have been helpful for me in growing my business um have been social media. Social media is where I get the majority of my sales from. It helps that I have been on Facebook for, you know, 15 years. So I have like 2000 friends on my personal page and I have a business page. So I'm able to reach, you know, a decent amount of people there. Not a huge following, but I have a lot of connections with local people, which is great. I have an Instagram page where I Again, you know, I have 1,500 followers. Again, not a huge following. And really, I don't get a ton of sales from Instagram. But social media has been good in connecting with other people. And the majority of my sales come through Facebook. A lot of them are from people that I know, which is really cool because I get support from people that care about me. And that's really cool. But also, one of the things that I did over the last couple years when I revamped my art business was I made a website which I had never done before and man that is a process like I am not a web designer I do not enjoy it (laughs) Um, but I did it I made a website and I've got you know pictures of my art and an about me page and I've got my stuff for sale on there and I can't say I get a ton of sales through it, but it's up there and it's cool when people check it out. And, you know, I I do a literal happy dance every time I make a sale, whether it is on my website or elsewhere. I do a literal happy dance. But yes, so some of the big things for my business have been been social media and my website. Um, Recently, I was able to do a feature at a local bakery. They hosted my artwork um, on their walls and hung it up and they held a little reception for me and had free food and people come check out my art and they had my art hanging up for about a month. And I ended up selling six paintings during that month, which was like really exciting for me. I felt really encouraged and that was just a cool way to make some sales and, you know, reach out in the community. And yeah, I just love little things like that where I have, you know, new opportunities. Any artist getting their work in front of people is always kind of the trick, right? And it's cool that you were able to have that experience at the bakery. And I think that I saw that you were also at Art Prize this past year. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So Art Prize is a big art event in Grand Rapids. And I participated in that for my first time and had a painting in it. And that was another cool experience. You know, I had a lot of people show up to check it out. And you think about all the people that come in from all over the state or even, you know, other states. And they came and they looked at my painting and like people voted for it. And it's just so cool to think that people took the time to do that. And it's just really encouraging. And whether it be at a venue and art prize or at a bakery or in someone's home, does the piece that you worked on, does that feel different when you look at it 
you know, not in your studio or wherever you're doing your artwork, but it's up somewhere where it's almost like has a different sort of home. Does it feel different or does it feel weird? What's that experience like? Yeah, it's it's rewarding for sure. And part of me can be like, are you sure I'm a real artist? Like, <laughs> like remember, I don't actually know what I'm doing. I, I was supposed to be a social worker. Like, I don't actually know what I'm doing, but this is really cool. So I hope you like it. And so do you feel like, I guess, do you have that feeling because it's newer to you or you feel like, like, I know one thing for me is I always feel like, well, no matter where I'm at with my writing, there's always going to be something to improve. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. the writer I am tomorrow is better than the writer I am yesterday. So why are you reading the thing I wrote yesterday when the new thing's going to be better? Like, like, what do you think creates that feeling of whether it be like some sort of inadequacy or people talk about imposter syndrome, things like that? Yeah. Yeah. I totally have this imposter syndrome. Um, Yeah. I, I just feel like I did not expect to be doing this. So I, I really don't know what I'm doing, but it's such a cool experience. And I'm so honored when like people like my stuff and people buy it and it's just really cool. Lots of different creatives listen to the show other writers, musicians, other painters. And a lot of people are just starting out and they're kind of exploring their creative side of things. What kind of advice would you give to someone who is for the first time trying to figure out what they like to do? I know you mentioned you were into such a wide variety of art at a young age. Like, What's the best way for someone to go about figuring out what they enjoy doing creatively? I think it's good to start out exploring what you like to do some of the things that I had learned in some of the like webinars I had attended was like you know you had you need to have your consistent style so you can be known for one thing but like when you're starting out you want to know what you like in order to develop a style you need to know what your style is going to be and you can only know that by figuring out you know, the different things that you like to do and what you're passionate about and being able to experiment with different styles of different creative things really enables you to build different creative capacities. So we've already talked a lot about kind of some of the reasons behind why you create, but if you had to boil that down to just like a simple reason why you do what you do, what would you say? I think I create to bring hope into the dark world. You know, my art is bright, it is vibrant, it is happy, and I just feel like there's darkness in this world and I really like create to bring some semblance of hope into it. I think that's so beautiful and such a wonderful reason to create. Um, Carly, I loved hearing about your story and learning more about your art. Can you remind everyone one more time where they can see it? Yeah, I have a Facebook page, Carly Van Eck Art. I have an Instagram, at Carly Van Eck Art. And I have a website, CarlyVanEckArt.com. Great. Well, thanks so much again. It was great talking with you. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause of Craft. You can find links to Carly's website, Instagram, and Facebook page in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, try episode seven with Elaine Tolsma Harlow. 
we talk about the importance of process as well as how artists collaborate with their audiences. Or if you're interested in mixing things up, try episode 16 where I interview composer Amy Tanaka about her music, including the differences between composing a concert work and creating something for film or television. And if you're looking for a way to support the podcast, one of the best ways to help a show grow is by sharing your favorite episodes with a friend. I'm so appreciative of all of you who have done this already, and I'm excited to continue to bring new episodes. If you have feedback, suggestions, or guest recommendations, send an email to john at causeofcraft.com. Thanks again for listening, and see you next week.